G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Coming at you again on Hump Day, joined by the great man, J-Lo. Uh, this was meant to be the celebration of the 250th Sports by Fry episode, but uh, as you may hear throughout the recording, I was coughing up a lung uh, throughout the proceedings, so the voice box and uh, a sore throat didn't let me record me Monday episode, so Friday's episode will be celebrating episode 250 in the Sports by Fry world, but still, that didn't stop JLo and I on episode 249 talking about some pretty interesting bits and pieces going on in the sporting world. It wouldn't be a Sports by Fry podcast without some fantasy mentions, so straight off the bat, we give the fans what they want. We went through and talked about our potential trades going into round 19. As someone who's going to the St. Kilda West Coast game on Sunday, I'm pretty sure I'm bringing in a Saint. But which Saint still remains to be seen. Team selection tomorrow night will dictate a couple of things regarding that. And obviously, heading into round 19, there's some very important games, one including St. Kilda, that could go a long way to shaping the top eight and potentially some finals matchups as well. So Jalo and I discussed a couple of bits and pieces to do with the AFL and round 19 and our fantasy teams, and then transitioned into a little bit of NBA talk. We are reaching the quiet period, so like I had alluded to in the episode, we will be doing a little bit of basketball stuff that is relevant, previewing the 2022-23 NBA season. But I don't think we'll see any huge trades. Donovan Mitchell may end up getting moved in the next couple of days or so, or the next couple of weeks. But the landing spot of some free agents, the likes of Colin Sexton, Montrez Harrell, maybe even Camelo Anthony, they could be talking points. So JLo and I addressed those three and a few other blokes who are still free agents and talked about what the fuck is going on with the Lakers at the moment and the debacle that is the relationship between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and the rest of that franchise. And then to close, as usual, we did a Mount Rushmore draft that took a little bit of tinkering and tweaking, but JLo and I selected two very interesting lists of AFL players that could lead to another very close vote. Bumper Sports B episode. Let's get amongst it and dive right into today's content. It's Wednesday. It's every Sports by Fry fan's favourite time of the week. It's time to sit down and record some audio about sports with a great man, J-Lo. How are you doing on hump day, Jacob? I'm cruising along, mate. You know, you know how it is. Ready to talk some sport. Excited for Mount Rushmore. Don't know if I won the last one, um, but uh, just hey. excited to to chew the fat, mate. You did not. Uh, takes me to six and three. But uh, the Twitter what, fans what? actually got around you this time around. Oh, so you well, won the Twitter that's vote. Surprising. Yeah. Did not I was almost going to say next time or this time we should do it like anonymous. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this is they, uh, they love you, man. Who doesn't, man? This uh, well, time I posted on Insta, I did the like, have your vote in the comments. And I think oh, yeah, a couple of them go. plus uh, a couple on the story got me over the line. But it was a tight one. And I reckon this one, pretty interesting uh, theme. So it should go close again. Um, let's start with footy while we're talking about it. We're in the uh, doldrums Ooh. of the NBA offseason. Summer league's done. So. There's not a shitload to talk about there, but uh, you know what? Let's give the, the fantasy fans what they want so they can listen to the first 20 minutes of this episode and know exactly what to do prior to round 19. Uh, Let's get in. You beat me again. It's 12 to 5. 
in the head-to-head ledger. I'm pretty sure you did because I've uh, refused to open the app for the last couple of days after choosing Ben got, Keys. I got 2103. Did you? Yeah, mate. I, I reckon uh, you beat me last week as well, bro. <laughs> hmm. Nah, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure last week, or not the round just gone, but around 17, you got me, but Hey, I'll take this one. Regardless, uh, the large fries and Coke aren't going in the direction I want them to. I picked Benny Keys as my trade-in for my final midfield spot. Uh, ignored Jack Steele, 117. Ignored Callum Mills, 132. Ignored Zach Merritt. I didn't even fucking look to see what he got in the end, but, you know, you get the drift. So uh, there's there were reasons why I picked Keyesy. Part of it was for his run home, so I'm not going to act swiftly and axe him just yet because uh, – We've also got some other trade issues. And in hindsight, that extra 60 to 70K that I saved by picking Ben Keys might come very handy in this week because Josh Kelly's out and I've still got a rookie in my back line. So I'm going to get a bit funky and try and uh, maneuver a couple of pieces. Yep. Yep. A little bit Ooh. of DPP action to try and remove all rookies from my field. Finally, a month out before the season ends. So this might be the earliest I've ever got rid of all rookies. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if you count Nick Dacos as a rookie anymore. That bloke's a fucking machine. But uh, how the Quisplorkin boys sit? I know that each week a bloke that you traded in in round 10 seems to be making his debut. So you must be flying high, right? Yeah, yeah. And old Joshy Carmichael went well for me. That's a that's a sports by fry pick right there. Uh, we're going all right. Traded in Gorney with, with the C on him. Mm, that's so, right. Um, but, you know, Harry Himmelberg performed. Thank God. Dacos performed. Thank bloody goodness. He um, didn't just perform, mate. I think he had like arguably the best game we've seen from a rookie in the past 10 years. Yeah. Shout out to Michael Barlow. But um, yeah, they we went, uh, well, you know, Kelly got concussed. Josh, Tim Kelly got corked. Just a lot of injuries. A lot of bloody little injuries. So um you know, Paddy Cripps is still sitting in my team. I'm still mm. waiting for him to go 130 again. But there's there's my back line and forward line are good. Midfield needs to be addressed. Um, so I'm I'm in a similar boat to you. Got to deal with the Josh Kelly thing this week. And then next week, deal with the Tim Kelly thing. And then the week mm. after, the Paddy Cripps thing. And Tom Mitchell probably as well. So there's still some work to do. But I'm glad I kept old Dacos hit. He's just keeping a smile on my face. He is dominating. There's still like 56% of the competition that have him in their sides. Uh, unfortunately, I'm part of the 44 that's not rocking a Nick Dacos character. But hey, worst things could happen. You're right, though. There seems to be a lot of coaches who have someone who's underperforming or struggling in the midfield. A lot of people will have Cripper, especially if they jumped on early in the season. Uh, Tom Mitchell, you could probably throw in the same boat. Hasn't really fired. Even someone like Walshy, who I've had, well, I want to say since like round 10 or 11, you know, he's been doing his 105s, but he hasn't really had the big 120s or a high, you know, 130, the games that we kind of expected him to have and take this leap in year three. It's in year three, right? That sounds right. Maybe four. I think three. regardless, I thought he was going to take a bit of a jump, but has not. So, there's a lot of coaches who are trying to address those underperformers. Uh, <laughs> we're looking in the rucks, 
Because you said you tried it in Gorney. I tried it in English the week before. And only two weeks ago, we sat down and both argued between those two over we who, thought, who we thought was going to be the best ruckman to close the year. But with five weeks left, if you could pick one ruckman for your fantasy side to close out the year, who do you reckon you'd pick? Because I tell you what, the field is wide fucking open. And this kind of ties in a little bit with my trade plans this week. At the moment, I've got Timmy English and Sean Darcy sitting there. Darcy Cameron in my forward line. Obviously, there's the possibility that Grundy comes back this week. He is available, I think Colin would have said. So, you know, you got Raleigh O'Brien there. You got Witsy. You got Marshall. But you could kind of throw a blanket over all of them. So if you had a gun to your head, you had to pick one bloke to steer you home, who would you pick? Oh, mate, it's a bloody good question. <clears throat> it's a bit hard. It depends on the Grundy situation. Das Cameron looked uh, good. Bloke, I traded out um, for Gorney. Uh, I would still have faith in the, the two Melbourne boys, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Melbourne and Tim English, the two, the big, two big boys. Um, but who knows, mate? It could, it could be bloody Marky Blitzarves for, for all we know at this point. Or... Um, you know who is sneaky? It could be Prusy. It could be. That's a fair point. He had uh, probably back in this week. Flynn yeah, is out with forty-four hitouts, oh. like a hundred and fifty or something in the twos. Twenty-something touches. So Flynn didn't go. If great. he doesn't yeah. get suspended, it could be Prusy. It could bloody be Prusy, mate. So, uh, yeah, I think if you've got Gorn and Tim English, you just sort of sit with them and cop it. Um, but I tell you what, not that confident, not that bloody confident for Ozzy. So, like I said, I've got Timmy English moved heaven and earth to get him in at top dollar and he hasn't exactly fired. In fact, I think he's got 150 total points in two games, but I'm not counting. Uh, cause I've got Josh Kelly and a lot of mid forwards in my forward line. I can't really get up to, you know, a Mills, uh, steal someone who I love and there's not too many other value plays who are really cheap in the midfield. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking flicking Josh Kelly out, slinging either Will Parker or Will, uh, sorry, Luke Parker or Will Brody into the mids. Just gives me another handy uh, toggle point. And then bringing in road diesel Marshall. Uh, part of the reason is because I'm going to the Saints West Coast game on Sunday. So that will be good fun. But I also think that without, Paddy Ryder, his numbers over the last two years have been pretty inflated. It's pretty obvious that if he's shouldering a big portion of the ruck load, he's going to score a shitload better. And the other thing is that West Coast might be without Callum Jamison. They definitely seem like they're going to be out without Nick Nat. So I don't know. Does Josh Rotham come into the side to support bloody uh, Bailey Williams? Maybe, uh, but yeah. doesn't feel I, I have read that Nick Nat is a possibility. Oh. I have read that, but even even then, he, I think yeah, I'm still not gives worried. up You're big up. scores. Yeah. So I think if I can do that, gives me a little bit of leftover cash to finally get rid of Jacob Ware, and then I can turn him into Kadeen Coleman. Now you might have uh, Danny Rich like and Dane Zorko coming back in, but he's honestly the best bloke I can get. The other guys around that price range are. Maybe your mate, Riley Bonner. Um, I think I can get Dan Rioli. There's a few other like 600, 650-ish K mid uh, defenders that I could chase. But 
handy defender forward status. And I hate to do this and paint ahead, but it's also got me looking forward to next week when Tommy Stewart makes his triumphant return for the Cats. I'm thinking Sean Darcy gets one more roll of the dice against Richmond this week. Trade out Sean Darcy, and then I can put either Darcy Cameron or Rowan Marshall in that ruck spot and then sling good old Kadeen Coleman down into my forward line and bring in Tom Stewart. So this was for Josh Kelly and who? Jacob Ware, getting him finally off my field. He's like 440, I think, maxed out in price, had a 50 on the weekend. His job's done. So so I'm, I've am i sort of addressed the Josh Kelly thing uh, temporarily, uh, mm. just as from a feel, wait till the team's come out to make it official. But I've slotted Jack Steele in, but nice. I must admit, and sort of a similar DPP situation, I am very seriously thinking about, do I go Sinclair? Mm. He's got midfield, could flick it. I mean, I don't think I need to move Dacos the way he's going, but you, you need Jack Sinclair in your back, back line, don't you? So he's probably the best defender right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so that's definitely a, a direction that I'm considering and it sort of is similar to your dpp thing a little bit different but um yeah you know because you so you've got english don't have gone is that right no. uh, uh. yeah well Roy marshall he's he's bloody great to have he's been I was great. gonna say if i can't get my hands on gawney i don't think sean darcy's the answer in my second ruck spot to end the season but you know tim english and Roy marshall to end the year and if i have I don't know. Let's see how Darcy Cameron goes. I'm not too concerned about Grundy's inclusion because Grundy's been training with the forwards. So we might st- still see Darcy churn out an 80 or a high 70. Uh, and if he does drop a 50 or something, then I'll address it when I have to. But yeah, I think out of those two, Sean Darcy and Darcy Cameron, I almost feel like Sean Darcy's susceptible to shitter scores. I mean, I think he had 100... Who'd they play a couple of weeks ago? Kick three goals. Oh, St. Kilda, actually. Roe Marshall himself. I think that's the only hundred he's had in the last six or so weeks. Whereas Darcy right. Cameron seems to have one every second week and move around the ground a bit more, taking a lot of plus sixes. So yeah, I had have these trades in mind with an eye cast forward to next week, but I have also toyed with the idea of doing Josh Kelly straight to Jai Cully, putting him onto my uh, M8 spot. And then that gives me the dough to turn Jacob Ware into Jack Sinclair and leaves me with about $340,000. So it's really shuffling rookies instead of removing a rookie from my field. So if you, let's just take out the first part of the trade. If you could go Jai Cully and an extra, let's say 300K, or you go with Kadeen Coleman, who would you rather have at this point of the season? Because it's a lot, a lot of coaches are trying to obviously maximize points on the field, but Cully and Kadeen Coleman might not have too much difference in scoring, to be honest. Yeah, <clears throat> I like Coleman to get a hundred if Rich and Zorka don't play. Mm. So I, I mean, it comes down to selection. But you know, Cully's going to go up in price. We've sort of talked last week about those cash generating rookies. Um, feels like Cully's probably going to hold his spot at least for a few weeks. Um, so that's not the worst. Good to, would be lovely to get Sinclair in your in your team. Delicious. Uh, he's got West Coast this week. Which is another reason why I'm kind of like Jack Steele. That'd be pretty nice. But um, look, I don't think there's a. I'd prefer seeing Claire, Claire over Marshall. Uh, yeah. 
if you're going to go down that route. Well, let's uh, let's I paint this hypothetical. This point of the year, go on. Oh, sorry, I was going to say this point of the year. I think you want to be bringing in a top six or eight or twoer. You know. Yep. And I think that's Ivy Marshall as potentially a top twoer in the ruck if Ryder's done and dusted. But yeah, you know, he let's say he does go off. He's probably not going to be scoring 130 regularly. He might average 100 for the rest of the year, whereas Sinker could probably average 115, 120. So it's mm. a toughie. Um, let's paint this hypothetical then. If you've got Roe Marshall and Kadeen Coleman versus Jack Sinclair and Jai Cully, who scores more on the weekend? Which duo? Ooh. Depends on selection of those uh, Brisbane backs. Let's say Rich is in, but Zorko's not. Because that seems like the route. They might both be back. I think that's the early mail before team selection. But Well, well, in that case... Ooh. A toughie, hey? It is. A lot of, it's, I think all the Saints are going to score pretty well against West Coast. I mean... Oh, man. That's a... It's a flip a coin. I think Rowan Marshall is more of a a risk. You know, like he could still give you a 75. Because I think old Sinker, you're getting 100. You'd think, or at least, you know, a decent score with a lot of marks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, um, and I will do it as we're speaking, see what Sam Doherty got against the Coasters. Just to give us some sort of idea of uh, 114 against us. Um, just some idea of are these sort of rebounding, attacking backmen scoring well against the Coasters? Jaden Short, oh, he was in the middle. Hewitt's a midman. What about Dawson? What did Jordan Dawson have? Jordan Dawson. I have a look at 93. it. 93. Yeah, I don't know. Will the ball be down there enough? Or it's, it, West Coast is really hard to read, I think, this year. Like, Yeah, true. Especially their last like month or so, right? Because they've got a lot of cattle back. And you look at yeah. the, like, I'm just looking at some of these numbers that are like, oh, here's who such and such scored well against over the course, over the um, course of the whole season. But I'm like, well, they haven't, mm. haven't played those blokes for the whole season. Like, you know, they've got, yeah. they don't have Jeremy McGovern, but you've got Shuey and TK firing in the middle. And I don't know what, Yoey's out for the rest of the season, isn't he? It feels like he is. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, that's a pickle. That's a bloody pickle. Yeah, that I is. think a lot will go into team selection. And if uh, those Brisbane boys are in, that'll probably force my hand. There's also the positive of, from going to the game, bringing in Jai Cully and Sinclair. I've got two blokes playing in that game to close out the season. That's, yeah. A, you know, it's Tommy something. Stewart didn't do well against us. Gus Brayshaw didn't do well against us. Maybe Jackie Sinclair doesn't do well against us. Yeah. I'm having a little it's, bit of a squeeze here. Uh, as wing defenders, oh, sorry, as defense against wing slash defenders, so that half back to wing type of role that Sinclair kind of plays, West Coast over the course of the whole year are the second easiest team to score against. But over the last month or so, they've been very middle of the road. So, yeah, Sick Dog didn't do that well. What's Daily Bale done? He was middling, middle for him. Man, I think I'd maybe I'd. I think you got to get Sinclair. In. I think you got to get Sinclair. Well, if you go down the the sinker route and Cully, then I've got the option of 
I wouldn't necessarily be able to do it this week because Carmichael and Cully play at almost the same time. I think Essendon and Collingwood start at one o'clock and West Coast and St Kilda are like 2.40. So, you know, I can't really loophole one of them. But if I've got that final midfield spot as a mid forward, you know, there's nothing stopping me going Will Brody into that spot and turning him to someone. And then my last spot in my forward line, I can kind of dick around a bit. Trade out Sean Darcy to get some cash and put Cameron up. Yeah, gives me options. So, mm. I don't know. You may have talked me just into going the sinker Cully combo, which uh, was the first one I had. But yeah, Marshall and Kadeen Coleman, also nice. Tough to gauge, tough to gauge. What, what are your thoughts? I know we might be going a bit off your plan for the podcast. What, is, what should I do with Josh Kelly? I can pretty much go to anyone. Have you got Callum what, Mills? What do I do? Hey, again, say again. Have you got Callum Mills? I don't have Callum Mills. So what I would do is I would trade someone on your bench who you can deck down to either... I oh know you got Cully and you got Carmichael. Yep. Uh, do you have Elijah Hollands? I don't have Hollands. He's in this week, which would be yeah, nice. So finally gets his gig. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit bummed that he did get named. I was like, fuck, I was kind of hoping that he, you know, didn't play and then was going to just be a nice cheap forward rolling into next year as well. But he's uh, for what it's worth, averaged 85 from his 14 VFL games. So I reckon he's a fine, another mid forward bloke uh, prospect. I would ditch someone to him to get the money to turn Josh Kelly into Callum Mills because his run home over the next five weeks is pretty juicy. Um, let me see if I can get it up real quick. I know that they end the year with a not a really difficult team, but, you know, another finals contender. And after the limited bits and pieces I saw of them on the weekend and the way that he played, he had his 50 not that long ago. Um, and I talked about last week why I was scared off, but I think that he's a genuine stud and someone you probably want on your side to close the year. So they got Over. Adelaide this week, then they got the okay. Giants, then they got North, then they got Collingwood, and then they closed the year with St. Kilda. What about, I could get Laddie. What's the price you know? difference? Uh, call it 100K. Uh, so for what it's worth, while we're playing this game, Adelaide obviously this week play Sydney. And then they yep. end the year with Carlton in Adelaide, West Coast at Optus, North Melbourne in Adelaide, and then the Derby against the Port Pair to close out their season. All good games. Yeah. All good games. If I, I was you, I, I would almost I've be got tempted too to save options. the cash. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing. Um, I'd be tempted to save the extra 100-ish K, probably go down the route of Millsy. But I do have a bit of recency bias after listening to a lot of other fantasy podcasts and looking at his run home compared to others. Mm. So, and I do have Not Jack, so. Jack Steele. Jack Steele's the bloke I put in just quietly. He's about the same price as Millsy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's tough. I, I've, got, I've got too many options. Well, I guess too it's going to be Steele, Mills, or Lady. Put a, put a thing up on sports, me, mate. I might have ask to the, ask the people. Uh, for what yeah. it's worth, St. Kilda obviously have West Coast in WA this week. And they got Hawthorne, Geelong yeah. at GMHBA. Brisbane. That's the only one that scares me. All right, Brisbane in Vic and then Sydney also in Victoria to close the year. So, mm. 
The GMHBA one scares me, but I, Jack Steele, mate, like you look at his scores, he looks like Rory Laird without the few crazy ones that Laird he's had more recently than anything. He seems like a pretty safe, like 120 or 115. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Like even the game we watched on Friday night, he had bloody 15 points in 30 seconds and then seemed to go missing. And we looked up at quarter time. I was like, oh, he's on 28. And halftime, oh, he's on 56. He's like, oh, he's on 80. Just does it week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah. Tough one. Why, why don't Why don't we like Millsy? What is it? Oh. Why don't we... I don't know. I just can't get behind him after like the number of times where I'm like, similar with Heaney, I think, where Horse Longmire has been like, yep, he's going to be getting his midfield time and I'd bring him in and then he'd go back to a halfback flank and get fucking 360s in a row. I'm like, nah, you're done. And it even happened a couple of times this year to blokes who've had him. But yeah, I tell you what, as a Rory Laird owner, that's tempting. Oh, mm. Yeah, that's a bloody good question. Mills, Laird or steel because steel and mills probably splitting hairs cost wise, but that extra hundred K might come in handy down the home stretch by avoiding. Yeah. Uh, I, as I'm looking at it, Lady would totally like, I'd be left with very little. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's, it really sickly is between those two um, steel and mills. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Said it yeah. right. Steel yeah. and mills. Steel and yeah. mills. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'll I'll just chew on that one for the next however long. Well, hopefully you pick one of them and then we look at this round 23 fixture in the grand final, the fantasy grand final, and you see which one you picked. Honestly, by the time we get to that game, uh, St. Kilda might be fighting for their season. We talked a lot of fantasy stuff. Want to touch on a couple of other footy things before we get into the basketball? Because at the moment, we got the Richmond Tigers, the Western Bulldogs and St. Kilda Saints all tied at nine and eight on 36 points, pretty comfortably in the mix for that last final spot. Losses to Port Adelaide and Gold Coast on the weekend probably rule them out. They're going to have to run the slate and Port have Geelong this week. Gold Coast have Brisbane. So, you know, they might honestly be curtains before we even kick off round 19. But those three, Richmond, Western Bulldogs and St. Kilda, are all in very interesting spots. You and I have been bullish at times on the Tigers throughout the season and this could almost be their last hurrah the dogs have a really tough run home to end the year and st kilda have lost four of their last five and been really inconsistent lost to some pretty shitty teams throughout as well so there's one spot up for grabs and three teams fighting for it who do you reckon gets the gig at number eight mate i would have said richmond two weeks ago Mm. now they scare me a little um frio on friday night at marvel as well yeah Look, it's probably the doggies, isn't it? It's probably I'd written them off two weeks ago. <laughs> I think I was like, no, nah, they're done. But um, that's the way the AFL season rolls. Mm. I, yeah, I, I just the doggies have the power, like the midfield of uh, their list, yep. um, not the port power. Uh, and so uh, you know, even though English has been a mare fantasy wise, he's still a huge player for them. He's back and he's he's sort of getting his feet under him. Hopefully, yep. sweets out this week. Uh, Seems like us. it's going to be, but yeah, maybe yeah. we just try to talk it into existence. So I think it's probably the doggies, but you'd be look. That's pretty else. Saints are gone. Bugger them. Yeah. Nothing. See, oh, hang on. Let me get their fixture back up because I heard exactly the same thing. 
And then I was like, oh, I don't know if we want to, do you want to do the ladder predictor and just have a look and see where the teams finish up? Do you mean live on, on the pod? Yeah. Cause I'll be honest. The next on, couple man. of things I have on the agenda, talking with Frio and Richmond playing this Friday night and then the grand final rematch between the dogs and the D's. So Let's quickly go through the results of them. So who wins Friday night between Richmond and Fremantle? I'd probably take Frio's the safe money. They've won away a lot. I'll take Frio being a bit safe. Yep. Uh, St. Kilda versus West Coast in the final game of the round. Oh, you'd probably go the the Sainters, even though it's at home. That's a danger game for them, though. Very much so. Um, And the Doggies... Saturday night blockbuster grand final rematch 2.0 against Melbourne. Marvel Stadium, for oh, what it's worth. I think Melbourne are back after last week. All right. So let's give the D's the dub. We won't and worry Oliver about Oliver probably through. back too. Yeah, I right? think they today confirmed that he's going to play. Um, I scared Kiers by telling him last night that he wasn't going to play. Suck shit, Kieran. Okay. But, well done. Uh, Sorry, and to Kieser. all the Clayton Oliver fans out there. But yeah, it seems like he's going to be back. All right. Uh, okay. Next round, we've got St. Kilda versus Hawthorne at Marvel. Oh, I think the Sainters, although Hawks got them earlier in the year. Did. Yep. But I but think. Let's go the Sainters. Are we just yep. backing the favorite in here? I don't know. Maybe, but, you know, but there might be some where we're thinking we might buck the trend. Uh, GMHBA to Stadium. To this point, this, oh, sorry, go. to this point, the Saints have had two games. We're like, well, they could lose that. True. But hmm. if they win it, like we kind of expect them to, they have tougher ones coming up as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Like I like I segued in. They might be genuinely playing Sydney in the final round for a spot in the finals. Um. All right. Doggies at GMHBA Stadium against Geelong. Cool. I I definitely picked Geelong there. Mm-hmm. I would. Do- I don't think I'd tip against them at GMHBA. Honestly, you'd, you'd probably be dumb to to be honest. Unless mm. you're the Fremantle Dockers, they can't be beaten down there, boys. Uh, Tigers Brisbane MCG Sunday next round uh oh man ah oh, that could be one the tigers oh, i might go the tigers there but that's mm. that's a real that's a flip it's dice roll it's right probably it's probably brisbane probably yeah, let's go i feel brisbane. like they let's go uh, i feel like i feel like richmond have more to play for at that point in the season all right yeah, you know well what? we'll go brisbane we'll go brisbane um okay, okay. next round Three to go. Doggies versus Frio at Marvel. Oh, I reckon the doggies will get you there. Yep. Fine by me. We're allowed to lose a couple on the way to a flag. Uh, Geelong play St. Kilda at GMHBA Stadium. See you later, St. Kilda. Yeah. And then actually there's three games in a row. Then you got Port Adelaide and Richmond in Adelaide. Ooh. Well, Port's pretty much done now, aren't they? By that point of the year, they will be for sure. I reckon let's go, Richmond. Ooh, it's getting tight now. Two ready to go. So, obviously, we've only done these three teams. A lot of other results around them could change, but there's one team that's one win up at the moment. Uh, Friday night, St. Kilda versus Brisbane at Marvel. Didn't Brisbane just whoop them last time? I think they did. Yep, see it. Bugger the Saints. Let's go, Brizzy. All right, Dogs. GWS Marvel. Easily the dogs. Uh, then we have Danger Richmond. game though. Yeah. Richmond versus Hawthorne at the G. 
Richmond by a mile. All right. So after all this finagling and uh, previewing, going into the last round, we have <laughs> Richmond, the Bulldogs, and St Kilda all tied. <laughs> oh, shit. So in the final shit. round, we've got Here Richmond go. versus Essendon. So you'd think that they'd get the Chockeys over Essendon. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Bulldogs have Hawthorne. So you think they would probably win that as well. Uh, at Utah Stadium, though, for what it's worth. And then the final game, St. Gilda versus Sydney. Shit, man. I'll give Sydney the the nod. And if we do that, then going in uh, this model, Richmond's going to take that spot. Hey, it's exactly what we said before we did this whole thing. <laughs> hey, it's good exercise. I'm glad we did that. Um, yeah. It really does. On percentage? I think the- Oh, I honestly picked the same margin for each result. So percentage could play a factor because at this point right. it yep. would be on percentage and there's only 2% separating the two sides as it stands right now. So the doggies have Melbourne, Geelong, Fremantle three weeks in a row. They probably have to win two of them or at least not get smashed in one of them. They have to stay close yep. in all of them, even if they lose a couple, uh, yeah. if they want to sniff. And like I, if St Kilda win that last game against Sydney, they or they overtake the Bulldogs. So, you know, it might come genuinely down to the last round if those three teams are still tied. So, could be pretty pretty tight. Yeah, I'm glad we did that. Even and, and even though we didn't achieve anything out of it, we've shown how close it is. <laughs> yeah, it's tight. I would do it again next week and just see if our opinions change. Uh, All right. Carlton are sliding a little bit, which actually surprised me. Uh, quick little useless sports by Fry stat before we jump into some uh, basketball. They are 9-0 this season when Matt Kennedy has exactly 14 handballs. Wow. Yep. I, I try to come with the most useless of stats. I saw that earlier this week on Instagram and I was like, I have to sling that one at JLo. <laughs> Wow. Is that, yeah. did you say exactly 14? Exactly 14. He has 13 or okay. 15. Not on. Piss off. Yep. Uh, speaking of piss off, I think we might have seen the last of Miles Bridges in the NBA, to be honest. There's, uh, have you done a lot of reading and uh, in, looking into what's going on with his situation? Uh, it was a domestic abuse, was it? Yeah. I don't want to. I honestly feel like uncomfortable talking about it too much, but the bloke was like genuinely like beating his missus in front of his kids. So I'm like, yeah, oh, he's been got three charges against him now for his indiscretions. I'm like, he's a restricted free agent. So Charlotte technically could still give him a qualifying offer and bring him back. But I'm like, nah, you're probably done, bro. You're probably facing jail time. So yeah, yeah it's sad, wow. but obviously feel for his, uh, the victims more than him. So he's probably just flushed a lot of money and his NBA career down the toilet by being a bit of a dumb cut. Shit, man. Yeah, that's gnarly. Um, so on to happier news. I think Please. the Cavs are going to try and bring Colin Sexton back from all reports, but it's still no guarantee. So looking at a couple yeah. of the names still on the free agent market, he's obviously probably the biggest one. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's still out there. He just yesterday or the day before hit up LeBron about a potential reunion. Uh, Montrez Harrell, still unsigned. Could be a nice six-man or energy guy off the bench for someone. And then there's a lot of other... Yeah, I think so. A couple of other vets as well, like Mellow's there, Blake Griffin, Rondo, LaMarcus Aldridge, all probably just going to sign with a Milwaukee Golden State 
type of character, Denver, to stay in the uh, championship mix. But what do you reckon uh, about a potential Collins Sexton move out of Cleveland? If you were him, would you want to come back to Cleveland after what they've built over the last 12 months or so? By all reports, he's fully healthy now, recovered from his meniscus tear. Uh, and Utah is a team that are potentially talking uh, Malik Beasley, Colin Sexton, something type swap and signing him for 20 million a year, especially if they move on from Donovan Mitchell, which everyone expects. Dallas have shown mm. some interest as well. Now they lost Jalen Brunson. If you're Sexton, do you want to try and rebuild, not rebuild, but keep building with the blokes that you've been involved with so far or potentially look for a fresh start where you can turn into an all-star, maybe an all-NBA type of dude? Tell you what, they're actually three pretty good options for old sex, the sex spot. Um, <laughs> I reckon, you know, the, we always sort of think the loyal way is the right way. Um, and we love Dame Lillard for doing it and all those cuts, but it's a, it's really a win-win. Cleveland's on the up. I think he, he could be really important for you guys. Obviously, he's a bit ball dominant at the moment, but doesn't mean he's going to be that forever it's nice that he's got the ability to do that and now he can spend the next decade honing his skills Dallas seems really cool i don't think that excuse me that fit would work so well next to luca because like we've said a few times in the last few weeks luca needs the ball yeah um and you know what it'd be pretty fun to just be like i'm going to utah and i'm the man and like let's see what happens so Three pretty good options. I would stay with the Cavs because they're genuinely on the up and they sort of have a window opening in the next two to three years, I think, and it probably stays open for quite a while. So I would stay. You get more money too, but at the same time, three pretty fun options, I think. Yeah. I'd, probably, I'd probably go Dallas last, although then you're going to a genuine contender. Well, yeah, if you're next to Luca. You know, yeah. 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 You're automatically pretty up there. Utah would be the middle. And then I think stay with the Cavs is the his best option. Yeah. He averaged 24 points last year and 16 yeah. through 11 games. Oh, sorry. 24 points the last healthy year. 16 yeah. points uh, a game last year when he was injured. So, yeah. Watch your space. I'd love to see him stick with uh, the Cavs, but yeah, for the right price. I don't think uh, Colin Sexton's landing spot's going to dictate it a shitload, but uh, sticking with a bit of free agency stuff, are there any of those veterans that you reckon could not move the needle, but potentially have an impact? So a couple of names I mentioned, Mello, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Uh, I don't know if he actually has any anything left to contribute, but Rondo even. Uh, I think Iguodala's still unsigned from memory, but he'll probably either retire or go back to Golden State. So, yeah, what do you reckon? Are there any other potential vets that could entice uh, some contenders? Look, I reckon Mello has, can still offer a fair bit off a bench, um, mm -hmm. so that scoring punch. Um, Aldridge, probably not. Trez Harrell could go to any sort of contending team and add a little bit. I think he's a bit washed, but... Um, and actually also seems like he's just a bit of a jerk. Um, yeah, that's fair. Don't know, don't know where I've got that vibe from, but I would say Mello is the one that I'd be interested to see 
where he goes. Probably doesn't want to go somewhere where his mates aren't playing, but he might go and join the Suns or something. Especially yeah, if it's a good point. It, it's all about the price with Melo in my mind. Like if the Nuggets could, well, we field our roster, but like if the if he could come to the Nuggets for bugger all, like I'd be pretty happy with that. Honestly, um, he's the only one who really jumps out. Rondo as well, actually. Rondo, great bench point guard. Yeah. So, part of me kind of wants Cleveland to re-sign Rondo after they got him last year, but I do need to remember that they brought back Ricky Rubio as well, who yeah. I don't think I mentioned much. And I'm like, oh, that fills that need. Um, yeah, Blake Griffin, I think he's pretty much washed. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, I don't know if he's washed, but I honestly think it's retirement for him. Um, yep. Mello, you're right, could provide a bit of a scoring punch for a contending team. I'm just scrolling through the list, seeing if there's anyone else. No one's jumping off the page. So what about uh, the potential of Dennis Schroeder going somewhere? Because he's another bloke who he kind of started his career when um, Jeff Teague was running the show in Atlanta. He started his career yeah. as like a backup and was a good sixth man facilitating the offense. So is there anyone, and I haven't given you much uh, notice, but anyone off the dome that you think could use him as kind of like a, a secondary floor general, a la that? Rajon Rondo role. Maybe the Mavs. Oh, yeah. Don't hate that. Good call. Um, yeah. Split the Suns could probably Dimmy. use him. I don't like campaign that much. They seem to love him, but I reckon the Suns um, don't think the who the Bucks have on their, on their bench. Good question. Is it Hill? Oh, yeah, George Hill. I don't know if he's still there, to be honest. Oh, probably. Grayson Allen. Maybe the... Actually, almost any of the contenders um, could probably use Schroeder, but he's probably the one who's going to demand the highest price. Yeah, so, true. He has he won a chip? A team, um, oh, good question. I think he was with... I'll Google it. I think he was with the um, Lakers in the bubble when they won one. No? He might have left before that. Not sure. Great podcasting. Let's just have a listen to Fry Googling stuff. No, he he was with the Lakers the year after they won the chip. So he was in OKC Uh, before that. Right. Yeah, well, give him him his chocolate. Send him to a contender. Look, it seems like probably the Lakers is the fit. And actually, that works all right in my mind. Um, Yeah, it's not too bad. But I think Schroeder could offer almost any team something. But it's the price. It's all about money, I think. I think there's a lot of teams who would probably still have their MLE or their, you know, uh, I don't know what the other one's called, the something mid-level that they could throw around, which could see him get about seven mil, six mil a year, yep. biannual. That's the other one. So, yep. you know, it seems like at this stage he might head back to the Lakers. But speaking of, have you heard of all the shit that's happened in the last like couple of days with the Lakers and Westbrook? I heard that the boys are rallying. Yeah, so that's the the end consensus. But let me paint you the whole picture. So it all started kind of with these. Obviously, he's been in trade rumors for as long as the off season's been going. But they went to a summer league game. LeBron kind of sat here, was being dapped up by you know all the other Lakers players and all the other crew. Um, Rich Paul, I think, rolled through a couple of the Lakers brass uh, heavy hitters, and Westbrook's kind of sitting over here. I think. Someone said he was behind the Lakers bench and like chirping it up with the young dudes on the roster and the summer league team. But the two of them just like did not 
exchange on an eye look at each other and then like left through oh, wow. separate doors were like really frosty relationship is the word that's apparently been thrown around and then it was either during that day or the next day russ parted ways with his agent who has been his agent since he uh came out of the uh, ucla bruins factory and his agent kind of took to media and he didn't really blast russ but he just like went on the record saying that he thinks it's wise for Russ to stay with the Lakers and Russ still wants to facilitate a trade and find somewhere. And he's talking about how Darvin Ham, the new coach, is like trying to build this like encouraging environment for Russ to succeed and stated that if there was going to be a trade, the Lakers would probably have to attach like additional assets because he's not the player he once was and blah, 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 blah. And that if someone traded for him, they're probably going to want to seek a buyout. So kind of like did a bit of a drive-by as he got canned by Westbrook <laughs> and then... Uh, LeBron said on the shop, I think is his show or whatever it's called. He was saying um, yep. he gets really annoyed when he has teammates who aren't like all in or have like a win or bust mentality. And he's like, yeah, it's just annoys me. Like I can't go to sleep at night when I don't have like those dudes in my club or around me. So everyone's kind of drawn the dots together and said he's shooting shots at Russ. So apparently after all this has unfolded, LeBron, AD and Westbrook all, got on the phone or got on zoom and all patched it up and they're all going to try and like buy in and they vowed to succeed together. But it seems like Westbrook wants to get the fuck out of there and doesn't want to have anything mm. to do with the reduced role or changing his style of play, which is very Russell Westbrook. So, you know, no huge shock, but I'm surprised to be honest that at this point of the season, and I mean, <laughs> LeBron came out and played like in the Drew league the other day, trying to be like, you know, like doing a lot of good off season uh, campaigning. Like, don't forget, I am like perhaps the second greatest player of all time. Don't forget about me. Year 20, Wash King, let's go. So there is a lot of Lakers stuff in the news. And I think at the end of the day, there's probably no team out there that wants Westbrook on their roster. It's like, hard as it is to say, including the Lakers at this point, because of his mentality and the fact that he doesn't seem to content with changing his role or his attitude or the way that he plays. And he's 33. Like he still was a couple of games last year. He had his triple double and he was had big scoring games and play uh, some really good defense. Some good guard on solid all-star caliber guards, but I don't know what, what do you reckon the Lakers should do with this whole messy situation? Cause obviously they're going to get off the Westbrook train. They kind of need to really like just wash their hands with him and give up some draft capital to do it. They still have the pipe dream of netting Kyrie, which, you know, it could genuinely happen if they want to throw in. They've got, I think, the 2027 and 2029 first rounder that they could include in a potential deal. So if you're Brooklyn and you get back Westbrook, wave him straight away or buy him out and you get two first rounders and let's say Talon Horton Tucker or another like young prospect just to simply get rid of Kyrie if he wants out, do you reckon that that could make some sense? Could make some sense, I guess. Uh, I would. I just would love to see LeBron not run from a problem for once, oh, yeah. and just be like, you know what? Let's figure it. Like that would honestly, if he if he could win a chip with Russ right next to him, that would boost him in my books. You know, that might put him up next to Mike. Rather than just being like, trade him, get rid of him, bring in the player I want. Like, I, I get so sick of LeBron doing that and it's, it's exhausting. So, if I was LeBron, 
I reckon I would try and win it with Russ. Like he's probably not catching Mike. Even like if he brought in Kyrie again, you're like, oh, he's still doing it with three future Hall of Famers. Uh, I don't know if Kyrie's in the top 75, but you're like, ah, oh, well, every top the Hall of Fame though. <laughs> yeah, well, true. But you know, I, I would try and do it with Russ, mate. Like, mm. and figure out a way to do it together. Like, maybe LeBron needs to adjust a little bit. Like, he's never budged an inch either. So, like, it's no, it's it's not LeBron's way or the highway. Well, it has been, but like maybe yeah. he could figure it out if he's truly the great basketball mind that he he claims to be, and not just this hyper athlete. Then figure it out. Like Kyrie's going to cause as many issues as friggin' Russell. Like let's well, yeah. be honest. So I, th- you kind of he's dealing in problems anyway. So figure this one out, and that would be a truly great championship if he could win with a sort of dinged up Anthony Davis and a problem child and Russell Westbrook, that would be amazing. And I would just love to see Russ get a chip before James Harden. So, you know. Yeah. I think even if uh, Westbrook goes and lands on the Charlotte Hornets, he's probably in a uh, better position in our eyes to contend over Jimmy Harden, but Philly's making moves this off season. We might have to, uh, you know, over the August, early September period, we might have to once a week, just preview a couple of teams, go through like divisions, talk about who's uh, done some stuff. But yeah, I'm very Need something interested. to talk about. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm very interested to see uh, what happens in LA. Uh, I've got a got a two for one deal for you here. So I gave you the okay. useless Matt Kennedy sports by Fry stat. This is not necessarily a useless stat, and I've kind of uh, borrowed the idea and expanded on it from another podcast. But Gary Payton. Hall of Famer, uh, has a career average of 16 points, nearly seven assists in 35 minutes a game. 2006, he averaged 7.7 and three assists in 28 minutes a game. So, you know, not a huge dent in minutes, but obviously a lot less shots and a lot less role in the offense. Uh, Jason Kidd, another Hall of Famer, 12.6 points per game and 8.7 assists over 36 minutes for his entire career. 2011, he averaged less than eight points per game, eight assists a game in 33 minutes. So again, similar numbers, but took a little bit of a back step. I would love to see Westbrook and, you know, those two years that Peyton and Kidd averaged less, they were part of championship teams. Westbrook isn't at the like back end of his career. I think Kidd and Peyton were both 37 when they won their titles, but he's getting to that point. He's 33. I think as much as LeBron's got to put the onus on himself to be like, all right, this is the hand I've been dealt. Let's go and fix it. And a healthy Anthony Davis would change a lot of things as well. But, you know, we can all dream of miracles. I'd love to see Westbrook not even necessarily adopt like a sixth man role, but just be like, righto, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. I'm not going to have the ball in my hand all the time. And even if he does end up getting traded or bought out, like I said, I don't really know who would want to snaffle him up so that he could be like the stat king and try and run for triple doubles. It'd be actually pretty interesting Mm. to see him go back to OKC, but like, you know, the Spurs, the Jazz, some of these other rebuilding teams, Houston, like, do they really want to have Westbrook chewing up like 20 shots a game? Probably not, but he could just emerge as like the best Robin almost to LeBron's Batman 
or could just play like a real serious, like 15 shots a game, averages 15, six and six, play like high energy defense, play like high 20s minutes, still have a couple of turnovers and a couple of bricks. But yeah, I would love to see him just like dial it back a bit. But, you know, can't really uh, make a leopard change at spots this late into a career. And especially a dude like him, who's a one and MVP, experienced a lot of success even though he hasn't got a ring he has gone on quite a few deep playoff runs and experienced a lot of individual success so good luck trying to get that bloke to change after you know a 12 to 14 year career yeah even harder to change someone after a 20 year career this is true maybe they both need to change maybe the lakers should just blow it up just trade them all trade lebron black to cleveland trade Anthony Davis back to New Orleans and trade Russ back to OKC and just get all these draft picks and build with Darius Garland, Herbert Jones and Josh Giddy. Bloody oath. That'd be all right. That'd be pretty fun. Actually. Yeah, I actually let the record show do not want LeBron for Darius Garland. I don't think there's no. actually many Cavs on the roster that I would trade. Hey, they can have Kevin Love. That's a fair trade. Yeah. All right. Like I said, we'll have to uh, put our thinking caps together to brainstorm some basketball talking topics because now that summer league's over oh did you have any other hot takes from summer league we saw that uh the portland trailblazers got their rings congratulations yeah now i was going to go through the all summer league team and i was looking at the names and i was like you know what i might mention that they were on the all summer league team if they're relevant throughout the upcoming nba season yeah yeah Um, it was that was a grim summer league actually well you got like one game out of Paolo Bencaro and it felt like one and a half out of Chet Holmgren. So we didn't get to see the like top tier dudes star. Ivy didn't play. Yeah, similar deal. Um, it seems like this is the only summer league thing I'll say. It seems like Keegan Murray, the bloke that Sacramento drafted. And I don't know if we mentioned this last week or not, but it seems like he had a strong showing. So fingers crossed for the Kings that they actually nailed a pick for one. So good on you, Keegan. All right. Uh, this was meant to be Wednesday episode, the second one of the week, which would mean that uh, uh, the sports B episode you're currently listening to is 250. But unfortunately, it's only 249, but that's not going to stop it from uh, steering our Mount Rushmore discussion for this week. Because I'll do a Friday one and I'll talk all about the Mount Rushmore and probably give away some of the results because over the next 48 hours, I'm sure people will vote. But in celebration of the upcoming 250th Sports by Fry episode. We're going to uh, do a Mount Rushmore based on the best AFL players to reach 250 games. Do you know how many blokes are currently sitting on exactly 250 schmackers without looking at the list? There's, there was quite a few. There was maybe like eight. Yeah, not a bad stab. Six under my eyes. Uh, yep. Gaffey is the next closest active player. He's on 248. And because there's only six blokes who have exactly 250 games, what we've decided to do is stretch the boundaries a little bit. So we've given ourselves 10 games either side. So this is basically a draft of the best AFL players who've played between 240 and 260 AFL games. And I tell you what, it kind of surprised me. I'm looking at the list. I think I've got my top eight and then I've got another 10 or so honorable mentions. There's some like big names amongst part of this group. Uh, we've excluded active players from the draft as well. So you won't see the likes of Sean Higgins or Andrew Gaff, et cetera, pop up. But, uh, you know, it's tough to kind of paint forward what they're going to achieve in the future. But, yeah, there's some fucking rippers amongst this list. 
I must I have to uh, preface my stuff by saying I thought it was the best players who've played under 250. So oh, well, we can go uh, under. No, we'll go under. That's fine. Well, will you have your list then? Yep. I can do a little bit of finagling and work under. That's well, fine. I can also just finagle. Now, you know what? It's up to you. You know what? Up to you. You're the uh, you're the one coming off the uh, the loss. You've gone okay. done the research of two fifty under. I've got the list in front of me, so I can scroll the two fifty under. That's fine. Uh, I'll just have to on the fly delete a couple of blokes off my list, but that's all right. Not the end of the world. Okay, thank God. <laughs> There's some pretty but, good ones within the. I probably could do it within the range. Well, hang on, just going through some of the overs. You got the likes of James Hurd, Peter Matera, yep. uh, Brad Green, Ron Barassi. Chad Corns, Warren Treadray, uh, John O'Brien, Luke McFarlane, fabled Docker, mm. uh, and Fraser Garrick sitting on exactly 260. So, yeah, like I said, big names who are around the 250 mark, which kind of surprised me how many studs there were. But, no, no, she's all good. She's all good. All right, that's good. All right. All right, so, well, shall I, shall I kick us off? You get to commence the proceedings as the... Uh, Recipient of the number one overall pick. Well, in that case, while I quickly I'm alter my pick... list, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll draw this one out with my first pick in the two hundred and forty ninth episode <laughs> of the Sports by Fry podcast. I'm going to pick one of the greatest players to ever lace them up. Um, you could probably yeah, make a case that he's the goat. You could make a case that he's the goat, and I'm going to go ahead. And take the great Gary Ablett Senior, thousand goals under the belt. Uh, don't know if he ever won a normie. Uh, I don't think he did actually. Ooh, did he win a normie? Good question. I think he did. It's weird how many of those these goat level guys never won a. Uh, sorry, not a norm. A brown, a Charlie. I mean. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty um, sure he won a normie in that famous yeah. '89 Grand Final. They lost to Hawthorne. I want to say. Right. Okay. Yeah. Back. <clears throat> well, either way, I'm picking. I'm Never picking senior. Oh, he did. Okay. Uh, picking senior, one of the greatest to ever lace him up. And he was, I feel like there's probably two clear, uh, clear top two, but I think he's a clear number one in my mind. Yeah. He was uh, actually first on my board, even including the other blokes above 250 games. So, yeah, look, you can't really go wrong by picking, oh, what's his. What was his famous nickname? Oh, buggered if I know. He wasn't called the goat. Anyway, maybe I'm just making it up. But uh, it's all good. I know who I'm picking number two. So now that I've kind of reshuffled my draft board a little bit, you can have senior. That's okay. I'm going to go with uh, the people's champion with this pick. I'm going to be uh, a little bit greedy and take an eagle out from right under you. Brownlow medalist. Uh, Lock. Yeah. The locks that uh, stop the nation. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take Matt Prittis. Now you could argue that he there's better players on this list in the form of longer careers or they achieved more. But probably the only reason Prittis under 250 games is because he won a Sandover and dominated in the Waffle for a couple of years first. But um, from memory, he's like top 10 in tackles, handballs, and clearances all time. Uh, Third in tackles, ninth in handballs and it's about the same for clearances yeah yeah so jet gun and i could dig through the list a little bit more and probably try and find another true contender and there's a couple i can see but 
I can't be unhappy getting Matt Prittis' face on the Mount Rushmore graphic. So I've got to lock him right in my number one pick. Very nice. And and it's gonna it's gonna help with the WA voters, mate. Yeah, that's gonna help thinking. with them. Especially especially because they know that he won a Sandover. I, I don't it shouldn't really factor in just shouldn't quietly. Count, but shouldn't anything, factor in. But yeah. But he did win a Sandover. Okay. Well, that's good because that means I get my number one and number two picks. So with my number two pick, pretty sure this bloke's a dual Brownlow medalist. Carlton champion. And I think he also played with the Swannies, I want to say. Let's have a Because I was looking at drafting this same bloke. He did, yeah. Went apparently Geelong as well. Okay. Rightio. Well, Geelong champion, Greg Williams. And, you know, you ask a lot of people, he might be the the greatest to have laced them up as well. Just probably the one of those, the true first star, star midfielders who just was prolific and won two Brownlows. So never got to see the bloke play, but I hear great things about Greggy Williams. I do love some diesel. I, uh, I did laugh. The uh, bloke who's the head coach, of the under 16s team that I uh, assistant coach for no joke a couple of weeks ago was like, have any of you boys heard of diesel Williams? And of course, all these 15 year old kids are like, nah, <laughs> they're like, go home Is he a rapper? On YouTube diesel Williams. Like he's great. Greg Williams was a champion of the game and like revolutionized footy, this, that, the other. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like you're probably not wrong, but there's none of these kids that are going to do that. And there's none of these kids who have any idea who Greg Williams is, but same kids might be listening to this and voting on the uh, voting on the poll. So hopefully for your sake, they have done some homework and YouTube these highlights. Fingers crossed, yeah. All right. Uh, ooh, yeah, he was... I actually had senior Prittis, then Diesel listed here. Did contemplate okay. taking the dual Brownlow ahead of you, but I couldn't... Yeah, I couldn't uh, let Prittis slip through my fingers. Okay. Uh, after a little bit of adjusting and tweaking with my list... Uh, which is honestly still kind of taking shape as we go, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I think I think I'm going to pass. Oh, there's a couple of blokes I'm eyeballing that I think I'm going to pass on. Well, oh, this is a tough one because I could there's go in a couple good of different players. routes. There's a really couple of really good players who kind of fit into the same mold of uh, Greg Williams to go back a little bit to yesteryear um, yeah. that, you know, may or may not be viewed as elites of the competition now, but footy historians like you and I understand their impact on the game. Oh, yeah. Purists. But. Oh, geez. You're taking your time here, Frosty. You need a shot clock, mate. Okay. Pick I with think your I'm going to take one of the blokes who is considered one of the best taggers in the AFL. Okay. Uh, in the I history of the game as well. Uh, there's, there's honestly two blokes here that I'm looking at that I could go down this route, but I think that one of them is probably considered a better footballer and a better star compared to the other one. Uh, one of them's a three-time premiership skipper, but another one's a best and fairest winner. I think he was the captain of the teams for a while. 
when they were dueling it out with the West Coast in the mid noughties. He was. He yep. was a skipper. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Brett Kirk, who also contributes uh, into AFL folklore, the mm. best pregame hype speech you'll ever see, you'll ever listen to. Uh, yep. And you know what? Now that I'm looking at it, there's so many of blokes left in this field that I'm like, you could make the argument for a lot of these dudes over each other. But I uh, I really enjoyed watching Kirky as a footballer. Like I said, one of the best tacklers going around. So I'll lock him yep. in with my second pick. And you're right. Great tagger. Maybe a, maybe an all-time, maybe the best tagger to ever do it. So maybe. I don't mind he that. You've got, you've got some tough nuts. Mm. You've got some real tough nuts. I've got a bit of, bit of X factor. And now I'm about to take my third overall draft board pick person good uh i've got my one got my two and now my number three is once again arguably the goat and this is a sneaky little bastard of a pick 83 games in the afl geelong west australian legend graham polly farmer yeah Grand yeah, okay. bloody Polly Farmer. And I'm stoked. Absolutely stoked. Like you, I've, we were talking about the other day, we saw some Facebook posts just talking about how good this bloke was, like revolutionized the ruck spot, revolutionized yeah. the handball, like was the only ruckman to ever have 40 touches and 20 hitouts in a game, like average 20 something touches when at a time when midfielders were barely getting to 20, like absolutely genuinely dominated. Um, And yeah. And he was short too. He wasn't a big ruckman. He's just a short little fellow, had the springs, had one leg shorter than the other, but he just cut crew up. And I think you ask anyone, go and ask your granddad how good Polly Farmer was. They'll tell you just how good he was. I think Sam Newman said he's the greatest player he's ever seen. So one, two, three. I'm pretty happy. Now I've probably got to get a modern player. <laughs> well, you know what? I've uh, I've dropped the eight ball here because I've the list I'm looking at doesn't go below 200. So no, it doesn't. you've definitely snuck that one through on me. But the whole purpose of these Mount Rushmore things, drafts, is to have a bit of fun, right? Have a bit of fun, mate. So I'm going to Go stick to in fun. a similar vein. You've just taken a farmer. I'm going to take a farmer. And I'm going to draft Ooh. Uncle Hefe who played 249 career games, didn't kick the 500 snags, but the Wizard might have been the most entertaining player in our, like, teen years, pre-Buddy Franklin, you know what I mean? He mm. was probably the the bums-on-seats character. Tate and I, the other night, were watching these, like, random screamers and highlights of the best marks of all time, and I was surprised how many of, like, Melbourne Jeff Farmer there were, just bouncing up. Obviously, mm. got a soft spot for him uh, as a Fremantle docker as well. You could make the case that there's a lot of other blokes here that are better footballers or had better football careers, but as an act and an entertainer and uh, a pure skilled jet of the game, there might not be many that have performed post or pre Jeff Farmer as uh, been as exciting as he was. So, you know, you throw the blokes like Cyril, a modern day Cozzy Pickett could probably get a mention, but yeah, Jeff Farmer's going to be my third pick. Just quietly. He's not on my list, but did, Cyril wouldn't have got the 250, would he? No, nah, I didn't. No. Nah. Again. Shit. 
He probably got about 150, but yeah, Frosty did not deep uh, delve that deep into the doldrums of uh, AFL AFL history. Well, I was going to sort of go down your route with absolute character, bums on seats bloke who very genuinely might have been the most dominant forward of our generation, um, maybe even including Buddy Franklin in that, um, in Fev, but since you've just jogged me memory and reminded me that Cyril Rioli exists, uh, in my mind, Cyril Rioli is, I reckon he might be the best pure football I've ever seen. Like the things he could do, the way he played the game. I'm very tempted to go Cyril Rioli. Um, Ooh, that's a toughie. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to choose Cyril Rioli. Yeah, bloody oath. Like that makes me just happy. Just happy thinking about Surreoli play. The way he could literally just, you know, fuck Dustin Martin. I reckon Surreoli was like the purest ripper game out of your hands player to ever do it. Could run through the midfield, kick just ridiculous goals. Yeah, Surreoli, I'll take Cyril. Bloody oath. And there's some smokers still left on this list just oh, quietly mate. i can't wait to do the honorable mentions but we could Surioli, do, welcome to town we could do 20 of these lists honestly if we're going like that deep back and thinking of blokes you know a lot of them have probably been on mount rushmore's previously um mm. lingy was one of the other taggers who i nearly picked uh when i was oh, with uh okay. brett kirk but i was like nah he was just like a bit of a footy nah. character he wasn't a great yeah he was player Good choice. triple premiership player but Good on you, mate. Uh, Kev Good Sheedy choice. fits into this mold as well. Yeah. Didn't exactly have a great playing career, but one of the best, if not the best coach of all time. Uh, squashed right between Darren Jolly and Leo Barry, though, is a bloke that I was hoping you would kind of miss. Uh, you've totally got a couple of you got a couple of the old boys. I've kind of gone with a, you know, a very... Uh, AFL Live 2004 draft here with Matt Prittis, yeah. Brett Kirk, and Jeff Farmer. But I'm stepping back in history and drafting with my final pick, the only bloke who uh, has three Brownlows to his name in Sir Bobby Skilton. Now, similarly, there's probably not a lot of people that have watched Bob Skilton play, uh, have seen some random Bob Skilton highlights, but I'll be honest, take it with a grain of salt. The team he played for was known as South Melbourne when he did play, but that doesn't stop the fact that he was just a dominant player for his generation. Like you said, when Polly Farmer was around, there weren't many blokes that were averaging 20 touches, but Bobby was doing that week in, week out for fun. I think he averaged like 27 for his career and they didn't even really start counting them while he was playing. But yeah, a star of the sixties and late seventies, uh, Boblet Skilton was going off the board last. Beauty. That's, that's some, and I'm still looking at this draft, list. Eh? <laughs> oh, that was eclectic, bloody hell. I don't know how anyone's going to rate them, but I think I got the, I'm pretty, the top three, I think Gary Ablett. That helps. It was clearly the best. Um, but mate, there's some crew we've left off. Dean Kemp, Norm Smith medalist, all Australian. Uh, who else? We use? Mel Michael. Yep. Constantly, very often brought up as the, one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. Paul Kelly. Great. Brownlow medalist, three-time All-Australian. Darren Jarman, three-time All-Australian. Ripped that. Dipper. Yeah, there's a Brownlow medalist. Um, 
Wira, Gary oh, Lyon. Yeah, Wira would have been a good pick. Joe Watson, Daniel Kerr, Dermy Brereton, Woosher. And obviously, I mentioned Fev. Like, there is some unreal players who didn't t- get to the 250, but yeah, I'm pretty happy. Happy with my little, little footy side, mate. Scotty Thompson, Dan Bradshaw, Trav Varco, Trevor Barker. You even throw the likes of uh, fabled, fabled docker Shane Parker in there as well. Oh. Yeah, and, and don't Shane forget, Parker. don't forget old uh, Darren Cresswell. <laughs> Almost as Who famous as uh, Percy Wilson. <laughs> Reg yeah, Higgy. We could, we could be here for another 250 episodes straight, just drafting blokes with less than 250 games for a Mount Rushmore. But. Oh, don't forget, Fryzy, Fonz Kinney. You know what we might have to do? <laughs> we might have to go through and draft like the best names of all time. <laughs> That'd be a good one. There's some, there's some pumpers on here. <laughs> some absolute sizzlers or best nicknames even. Give Deezer Williams another shout out. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so good, yeah. good draft. Well done. Pretty. Yeah, I'm you know glad what? I got Polly. I uh, I had to adapt on the fly, but I think that yeah. There's sorry two, about that. That's right. Two very interesting uh, lists. I think you're right. But Gary Ablett Senior, uh, what you call it, factor will probably tip it over the edge. But hey, we'll let the fans decide, won't we? Bloody oath. Hopefully anon- right. anonymously. 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 All right. Uh, we'll do this again next Wednesday. Another uh, NBA-styled Mount Rushmore. And, yeah, we'll have to think of some basketball stuff to come up with. But we'll be on the precipice of the AFL Fantasy Finals. And hopefully, uh, we, we at this rate, sounds like we're both going to have Jack Sinclair in our team as well. So, giddy up. Bloody oath, mate. Yeah, I've as you were talking a lot through this podcast, I've just been looking over and just been, like, toggling between Jack Steele, Cal Mills, and Jack Sinclair. Like, <laughs> I will. But look, look. He's had a pretty big 140, but Jack Steele, oh, he hasn't gone under 115 for a while. Oh, but Jack, like, it's just, and I've just achieved nothing, honestly. Tell you what, I'll go Rory Laird, Cal Mills, Jack Steele, Jack Sinclair. I'll put it up on Twitter. I'll put it up on Insta, and I'll let Don't the put Laird in there. No Laird. I'm not. No Laird. She's too, exp- too expensive. Too expensive. Yeah, okay. So Sinker, Steely, Millsy. Mm. Yeah, Cal Mills gets my vote, but. Uh, I'm not bringing him in this week. So, <laughs> no. All right. Ripper podcast. Thanks for joining again, JLo. We'll do the uh, exact same thing next Wednesday. And shout out to 226 gamer AFL legend Vic Belcher. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Vic. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>